All right, folks, welcome to episode two of the Living It Up podcast. This is episode two. It may turn into episode one. I recorded one earlier. Might delete it, might not. See what I feel does like. It, does this mean that the studio has picked up our pilot if it's episode two? <laughs> That's a good call. Do we get like a four episode pilot and then we got to like try to pitch it to, to Netflix after that? Uh, I don't know. I heard they're having layoffs, so we might not want to go down the pocket. <laughs> This is true. Well, hey, I am Brian. The guy you're hearing on the other end is George. Welcome to the Living It Up podcast. Uh, let's talk about, hey, what type of podcast is this? Uh, we are golf fans. We want to talk about the changing world of professional golf. Uh, unless you're living under a rock, you know that it's June 2022. Live Golf is the like center of gravity in the golf Twitter, golf talk, golf channel world. Um, shockwaves across the entire professional golf landscape certainly the pga tour but across dp world tour asian tour all things in between and and we're going to talk about that as golf fans right we want to talk about all things adjacent to that changing landscape of professional golf whether it's how the manufacturers react apparel deals newer ending sponsorship deals courses they're playing and so much more and everything in between what we don't want to cover and we might touch on it here and there but i think specifically I don't know, George, I don't want to talk about the politics of it. Like there's a really deep nuanced conversation to be had there. And I, for one, don't feel super qualified or don't even want to put time to that conversation. Like I'll read it, I'll react to it, but you could, you could kind of relitigate this and you're a litigator. You could relitigate this thing for a long, long time, have a deep conversation. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of echo that where I simply don't have the, the geopolitical knowledge nor the historical knowledge. I mean, it's it's something that I don't think is going to be resolved. I think the people who who want to latch on to the issues they've latched onto are never gonna let them go. And, you know, at, as you said at the outset, like we're we're here to talk about golf um, yeah. and what's happening here. So at the end of the day, I mean I'm I'm just a golf fan and you know, the first event has happened. This is yeah. This is happening. Tough, tough, it, tough to put the, uh, the the lid back on that Pandora's box. Right. So, like, th this is going forward, and everyone's just going to have to like get, you know, make peace or get comfortable with it, whatever. Um, and so, I am, you know, obviously, if if something of some significance occurs that really has to get addressed, great. Um, but I, I'm perfectly happy to let the brandles of the world chase their tail and uh, yeah and, and deal with that no i'm with you and so i think you know at this podcast we're going to come at it as golf fans we, i i care we care we've talked about this about like the entertainment and the competition and the water cooler conversations that the sport generates like i i love the players and i love the competition i'm not like you know hashtag pga tour i actually look at it as and we were joking i called it hashtag team reality right the world of golf is changing, has already changed. The first event is already in the books. And rather than, you know, sort of bemoan or just talk endlessly about where the money's coming from or who the public face of this new tour is or missteps along the way by both sides, I just look at it as like, hey, we're golf fans. I want to see great golfers. Now, Liv's got some of the best, maybe not the best, but like, hey, if the best golfers are going to be somewhere, perhaps other than the PGA Tour on a week-to-week -week basis, like, let's check it out. And so, you know, is this going to be messy? A hundred percent. Right. And that's what I think we're going to chat about. Like try to make sense of what's going on today, this week, last week, 
And along the way, let's talk about all the other like adjacent things, fun things, silly things, zany things that are happening in that adjacent world. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think one of the things that's going to be fun to watch is, uh, and some other people have touched on it is, you know, ultimately this, this dilutes all the pools a little bit. Right. So, yeah. you know, for the longest time, the PGA tour kind of was where the, if you were the best, you, you made your way up, you made it to the tour, you got status, you know, whether you were from South Africa or England or wherever, like you got your place down in Florida and you were on the tour. Um, and now these people that are jumping, you know, one of the parts I, I'm really looking forward to, and I hope we get to see it is that like, there's going to be some chaos on, on leaderboards uh, mm -hmm. where some, I guess for lack of a better term, like, you know, some no names are going to bubble up and, you know, I think we're going to get some very nervy Sunday. Yeah. If we're talking live. Yeah. Of, I mean, yeah, you could argue even the last have... one, like Charles, Charles Schwartzel is, you know, outside of, uh, you know, golf fans that know and, 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 you know, understood the, the gravity of the masters that he won many years ago. Like he hasn't done much lately. Um, you could argue that that came out of that came out of nowhere, but but again, a guy that won the Masters has the nerves to make the par, the you know the uh, sometimes not so glamorous pars and 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 birdies down the stretch to win four point seven five million dollars. But your point's well taken. Like we might get some guys that are recent amateur to pro golf uh, guys or guys that have been toiling on the Euro or Asian circuit they're going to have some putts for literally millions of dollars. And that's going to be wild. And I mean, one of the things that as a, as a fan, like I, I really hope we don't get is, and I, it was sort of the thing with live that in, in some regards could have been a little bit, the worst case scenario in the first event is, you know, Schwartz will basically ran away and hit with it. I think he ultimately he ran like four or something. Yeah. And I, and I don't care whether it is the U S open or any other event, like, anyone who just runs away with a huge lead and sits on it, that's just not compelling golf in any situation. So yep. um, I'm, I'm hoping we start to get some more bunched fields um, because that is ultimately what makes it interesting and exciting. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, and I think, yeah, I'm with you. I also think the team aspect, I love, I, I will say I appreciated the leaderboard on the left-hand side. I love that it was real time. I love that it was updating. The, the noise they played was a little offsetting at first, but then I kind of got used to it and, and didn't bother me. Um, I think much can be had, and they're going to ultimately iterate on this every week, every month, every season, like to get it right. Because um, I believe that this organization is likely to make some more rapid changes that reflect immediate fan feedback and fan interest more so than the PGA tour, which, which obviously has shown itself to be pretty, uh, pretty monolithic and, and, and uh, slow when it comes to making these changes. And so before, before George, we get any further, I thought we'd just talk a little bit about us first pod, second pod, who knows if it's going to be the first or second episode, but I thought we'd introduce ourselves. I'll go first. My name's Brian. I characterize myself as a golfer who used to be quite good. And now I'm just dangerous, which means, you know, I can shoot 68 or 88 on any given day or on consecutive days. Um, I carry a three handicap, which I half jokingly attribute to three kids and three hip surgeries. Um, I did play division one golf. That's part of the uh, used to be quite good. Uh, but again, now I just know enough to be dangerous about how that world of competitive golf works. But 
you know, never played professionally, hand up. So I'm not going to sit there and act like I was a professional or I am a professional. And speaking professional in a past life in the U.S. Navy as a sub guy for many years. So we can get to some sea stories later. Uh, left the military service, got my MBA. I've worked in tech for the last decade plus uh, on the West Coast with some big firms. Now I live on the East Coast with a small firm. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm a, I play my golf at a I'll call relatively esteemed course in the D.C. area. And that's and that's where I met George. So I'll, uh, I'll let him introduce himself a bit. Yeah, hard, hardly as decorated a, uh, <laughs> a resume as that. Um, I, I'm just a dangerous golfer, mostly for having high club velocity and very little understanding of where my ball is going to go. In any high, given day. high, high club velocity, though. Uh, and I am uh, a Division One athlete in a former life, not golf, um, and have parlayed that into a, a law practice. So I do have to say that there are certain parts of this whole live PGA, can they play, will they play, what are they going to do with their status things. I can geek out a little bit on the, the law aspects of it. And, you know, some of what I have to presume Jay is up to behind the scenes as mm-hmm. to, you know, how, how close to collusion can you get without actually colluding? Um, yeah, that's a good yeah. one for another day. And, and I would even say for those that were following this, there were all these, you know, who's going to do this, who's going to do that, suspension or not suspended. I, I loved the drama, the like almost like silliness of the I'm, I'm resigning. Like you can't fire me. I resign. Like we, we should dig in on another episode, George, about like all of that. And like if you've read into the uh, – the bylaws and what that means for their, for their membership status. That would be a good one for another day. Yeah, no, and that, that actually was truly like one of the most interesting parts because I mean, I, I think the, the guys who did resign are, you know, I won't say bulletproof, but I think are in a tremendously better position than like, was it Phil and Bryson who basically have like, thumbed their nose um at... yeah, i think it was polter initially was like of the early wave that did not resign and someone joked you know polter versus the pga tour is going to make for a great supreme court case pretty soon yeah and i mean like look i get it for polter like wh- he what does he care right he just he's he's always been you know he had a you know he had a stretch from what i'll call it 06 to 2012 where he was an interesting like personality uh he, he had the flair the hair the outfits all that stuff but aside from you know that period where he would kind of bubble up the masters um i think he made some noise at one or two opens but then he was just like a Ryder cup menace i mean he's basically oh, yeah he, he's basically the british p reed so like what does he care right like <laughs> has he ever won on tour I don't think he ever won anything. Like he, no, he did. In fact, he won a Houston Open in a playoff with Bo Hostler probably three-ish years ago. So he's won. We could look this up quickly. He's oh, probably that, won a handful Was that the of season times. like he literally had to win or he would not have yeah. like, been able to keep I his think status? This I think this may have been that event. Yeah, he had like – I don't know if it was a medical or if he had just – Or one start his, left uh, or something. Lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, again, like what does he care, right? Like he's he's made infinity dollars – off of this and this is literally like a no-brainer for a guy like him i mean mm-hmm. like like literally it could be the kim jong-un tour and he'd be like sign me up like just give me the money i don't care yeah. you're never gonna see me again um but the you know 
particularly like even Phil, who I guess depending who you believe and everything in the news, like he should have you know infinity dollars to just do whatever he wants and go on his way. Um, you know, I could even see it for him, but like someone like Bryson, if if you look at this and you see where you know again maybe this thing gets legs and survives it's past its initial like capital sort of allocation that they've given it for the first two three years um but if it doesn't like yeah bryson you're super rich man but like where are you gonna go play i i think that's gonna be that's gonna be a harder question yeah it's gonna be um and what I'll be curious about is as it goes through the courts, and again, this will be a good one for another day, is like how quickly or slowly do these things progress? Do they end up in these weird injunction stay states where people are in this like, you know, sort of in-between status? I'm sure they'll get paid, but maybe that money's in jeopardy depending on a ruling that comes down the line. So there's a lot of a lot of those like hypotheticals. And, and before we jump in any of those uh, today or another day, like let's talk news of the day. Uh, we'll kind of run through for folks that maybe haven't followed it or haven't followed it closely. I would say another defection, no secret, worst, worst kept secret in the world. The big one today coming literally minutes has minutes after PJ tour commissioner, Jay Monahan took the stage at his press conference, Brooksy joining live again, worst kept secret in golf over the last few days, but made it official. Um, and I have to imagine, even though I haven't seen anything confirmed, he got like exactly $1 or probably $1 million more than his boy Bryson. Because uh, I can't imagine he went for any less given his world ranking and just the, the feud between them. But what say you on, uh, on Brooksy, a guy of his world ranking and stature and public persona? Like how, how big a shockwave is this one? I mean, I, I think one, it's, it's definitely a big chink in the armor for, for Jay. Right. Like, I mean, because he had his Michelob Ultra deal, he's got his Nike deal. Um, he is, he's a marketable and bankable guy for the tour. Um, so like, that's a big hit. Right? Cause you, you can argue some of the other people who would like Phil's Phil, but. Yeah. And I heard this, Brooks washed. just got married like a, Brooks got married like a month ago. I think Jay was there. Oh, so there's That's the whole it. news of like, you know, do you think they would maybe. send back the gift? But the timing of it's, you know, to a degree incredulous. The guy stu stood on a stage at, at the U.S. Open last week and he's like, you guys are casting a dark cloud. This is all media circus, blah, blah, blah. I'm here for the U.S. Open. And basically was like, no one's asked me. But at the same time, I think he used a very clever statement. I haven't thought about it much. What he was really saying is like, yeah, I, I didn't have to think about this for very long. They're giving me a boatload of cash the world of golf changing. See you later, PG tour. Right. And I mean, if you look at like his last two years, the dude's been pretty banged up in with a oh, yeah. numerous different kind of like, what do you yeah. call him? Doesn't want, like, doesn't want to play 35 weeks a year. I'll tell you that much. No. And like, they're kind of wearing tear injuries. So there is a real question that like, does this guy ever get it back? Um, mm. You know, none of these guys of this new generation have proven to be Tiger that can just go on a decade-long tear of killing everybody. I mean, the, the closest we've seen was when Rory was just ripping through majors with eight-stroke victories. Mm -hmm. 
And even he had what a three year shelf life. And <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's never, he's always been competitive. He'll pop up, you know, it's there for a week here and there, but it's, it's never been what we saw and thought we were going to get a career of. Um, and so if you're a guy like Brooks, he's gotta be, you know, either 30 or really close to it. And mm -hmm. your body's already starting to break down a little bit. The tour's a grind. I mean, I know yeah. as fans, we look out, we look inside and be like, oh my God, I can't believe these guys are complaining about it. But yeah, dude, you go on like four straight weeks on the road to like courses that aren't that interesting. You got to do, and it's just a rinse and repeat for these guys, right? Like, but, but let me put it, let me put it in simple terms for like fans listening, like try to go to a buddy's trip where you're playing at least 18. I know some, some people play 36 in a day or they'll play an E9, just play 18 holes, four days straight. You even take a cart, you're beat. And that's probably because you're up drinking half the night, whatever, whatever but you're still beat physically. Now do that again next week and the next week. And then you take a week off, but you should probably practice with your instructor and then do it a week after. Like it is a, a grind. I have buddies that play professional professionally play the PGA tour. Like it is a grind. Like these guys have to take care of their bodies. And I think you're right. Brooks's calculus is probably, Hey man, my body is breaking down to a degree, although I'm super strong, like it's breaking down, showing some wear and tear. Do I want to play 35 weeks a year on the PGA tour or would I rather play these, you know, dozen live events and the majors and that's it? Yeah. And, and, and frankly, like, I mean, I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, I, I was analogizing it to a buddy I was having lunch with where like people want to villainize the money here. And, you know, because of, you know, it's the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and they're going to go down that rat hole. But like, how would you be in here in the DC area? And let's say like shocker of shockers, like Tom Brady signs a three year, $100 million deal to come play for the commanders, mm -hmm. right? Is anyone going to be and like- they, and, they, and they give him like ownership equity. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and they give and, him some sweetheart deal. Is anyone going to be like, Tom, what are you doing? Dan Schneider is the biggest shit bag <laughs> on the planet. Right. Like, no, everyone's gonna be like, that's awesome. We're so excited. He's coming like, you know, but like these NFL owners are, I mean, Dan Schneider is fairly well documented to be like a truly horrendous like manager and things that he's allowed to occur on his team. Mm -hmm. And no one is like these players have to boycott them. These players cannot yeah. sign free agent deals to come here. Yeah. Not until like he sells the team. Right. Like there's none of that uproar for yeah. American sports, but like we've, we've picked this and like that. So everyone's going to make this big deal about it. But like in any other sport, if an athlete like took the bag, mm -hmm. it'd be like, good on him, man. Like, I mean, we'd probably be like, I don't know what management's thinking, but can't fault that. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> if they put it yeah. in front of you, like, yes, sir, I'll show up. Thank you so much um so yeah i mean like so that, the, that was the worst case and, and like, so i think and so i think we're we're of the same mindset that like guys at a certain stature of their career gosh you dangle enough money in front of them it's almost a no-brainer if you can look past the source the money blah 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 we've talked about that but then i look at other guys and there was the other one announced this week abraham answer right honest abe never told a lie but i guess he's also you know never met a bag of money he won't take too 
and I look at him as a different, uh, sort of a different beast, right? He's a guy that is one of, I would say, you know, top 10 up and comers that, that the world of golf thinks about. He's the guy that you think about at majors. He's in that conversation, perhaps not in the top five, but maybe in the top 10 or 12 guys that you think about as like, is really? the, the first major that he cracks off. Really? I mean, I like, think I, think he, I think he's there for me. I think he's like, I had always bet on him for like Harbor Town or something like that. <laughs> like a major? He's, he's, he's poked his head up enough in big events. He won, what, a WGC? Like, I, I think he's the type of guy that shows up in big moments. And so maybe I'm just thinking about my own, my own betting uh, action on, on the majors. But he's definitely a guy that I think of in that next tier of players that, like, hasn't yet proven himself but clearly has shown the capability to, to threaten. And so what I'm getting at is he looks, he to me is a guy similar to Taylor Gooch and Taylor Gooch to me was the, was the one almost head scratcher when the first live series list came out. Cause I was like, man, this is a guy that just won in the fall top 30 in the world up and comer. Is he foregoing his 10 year career for, for maybe a two to three year career, depending on the whole legality of everything here. And so that's where I, I put answer maybe in that bucket um, of guys where, man, you've got some, you've got like a five-year horizon to think about and are you playing this the right way? You know what I mean? Guy like Brooks, I almost think of it as almost a no-brainer with the money he's getting. Guy like Abe, I'm like, oh man, I'd love to look at like all, all the pros and cons here. And it's interesting. I, I would love to actually talk to one of these guys. Um, yeah. No, because there's a lot, the I mean, we're, we're, all, we're all guessing about like there's like these numbers get thrown around and is this like, you know, when like an NFL dude signs and it's like a hundred million dollar signing bonus, like mm-hmm. that is a hundred million dollars, like wired into your account. <laughs> it's not over the life of your contract or anything else. Like yeah, that signing yeah. bonus A lot of these have like, been rumored at like, you know, it's, it's basically like a toward your eventual earnings over X number of years or so, X number yeah, of stars. And, and that's, that's been sort of like the rub here where everyone's like, well, I hope you get it up front. Like if this thing mm-hmm. folds in three years, but it was over five years, like what are they going to do? Yeah. And, you know, you get like, hurt, you get hurt, you start stinking. Like, are they going to kick you to the curb and, and you have no and a good buddy brought up like, well, and if, if they do just after like two years lose interest or they're not getting what they want out mm-hmm. of it. And I think, you know, everyone's like, well, they want credibility on the world stage. They want these sort of non- monetary things that you know they want to start developing and getting goodwill and positive press and after two years if they're not seeing that and they're like well what are we doing here like is this if they're not like showing some revenue generation and they just get tired of this Mm -hmm. what is the you know what happens to these contracts right because effectively like you know okay, I'm going to go sue the public investment fund. Where's the jurisdiction for that? Like, I don't know that that's going to be like a viable thing. And, you know, Phil had his lawyers on this. Phil had his lawyers on this though. So I'm I'm half joking. I I don't, I don't don't know how good his lawyers are. um, And I mean, so like, I look at a guy like Taylor Gooch who, you know, maybe he looked at it. and, And so some of these guys like a Brooks, right. He still got a 10 year exemption to the US Open. Mm-hmm. He's got, you know, he's what, 15th in the world, wherever he is. So yeah. I think even if he were to do nothing, 
and then accumulate only accumulate world ranking points through majors. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he was top 20 at the U S open or something like that, or maybe even like a sneaky top 15, like he could keep all of his exemptions into the majors through world ranking points, probably through next year. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think and, so. And I think and I mean, he, if he, if yeah, he's able to I think, seriously I think now, guys like him in the top 50 of the world, like sort of solidified that OWGR. And we should talk a little bit about OWGR and like, that's a big elephant in the room. But like that thing is a two-year rolling cycle. You don't just like roll off of it in six months. He's accumulated a bunch of good events over the last two years that will persist even if his OWGR like eligible events start to dry up. Yeah, and like, I, and frankly, I mean, I've, I've people try to explain it, and you know, the the no laying up boys talk about manipulators and all these other things. So like, <laughs> p- people try to make heads or tails and game it, and because there there are in the WGCs you know, you would always see at least like five or 10 people you'd never heard of oh. that simply just feast over on the, the yeah. DP tour, but they accumulate you, points somehow. You, you, and peg, meanwhile, you peg the ball and get 50 grand and a bunch of OWGR points. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're looking around, and you're like scratching your head for like, where's Kevin Kisner or something like that. Like, where, where are these guys yeah. that should be here that yeah. like I hear about every week that like I actually want to watch because I know them. And then I'm seeing these other yahoos show up because somehow you know, the Majorca winter classic <laughs> got him like 20 WGR points or something. Yeah. Crazy. Cause that was the minimum and he had to get that and all that stuff. So I think that's actually a good sort of dovetail into, you know, how is the PG tour reacting yesterday, today, they came out with their announcements still actually a little bit fuzzy. What we know is like eight events, limited field sounds like somewhere between 50 guys. I've heard some things like 60 guys at some events or 70 or there's like an earn your way in through this fall series. So there's still a lot to be worked out in terms of the details, but it sounds like eight events, limited field, massive amounts of money. You know, Is one could say. Because like I saw that basically they were taking the, what were already the elevated events. So like Riv, Memorial, Bale, Wells yeah. Fargo, and moving them to $20 million purses. So like that matches Liv. But like those aren't limited field. Those are still like full 156. They might be 144. Well, well this um, gets to sort of my thought on this, which is like, you know, everyone said, oh, Liv is kind of half-baked. Like, we'll, 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 we'll see it. You know, it's a, it's a little bit like we don't know how this works. Like, I don't think anyone right now has a clear picture unless you were in the room yesterday at the, at the PGA Tour mandatory meeting. And even those guys don't sound like they have a super clear picture on whether it's in the fall or they lead into say, the fall or it's these, so. I saw Scott, Scott Scott Stallings on Twitter today, and uh, it did not sound from what he was saying that it it is really what people, what the press have been like saying it is. Um, now, at the basic level, what it is, is it is 100% validation that what Liv is doing has caught the attention of the touring pros. Yep. Because like Jay clearly has a problem and jay has like there there must be enough chatter in the room and enough chatter getting to the player representatives that get back to jay that like people are looking at this being like well hey you know and, and i think in it's an impossible line for jay to walk but you know at the end of the day like there was a long period of time where you know, I guess Tiger, once you have lifetime uh, status, 
you don't maybe you don't have to play all the 20 events or do the minimums because he'd basically you know show up to the tournaments that he felt good at um and then prep for majors and then like that was it he's like look i'm here for majors like i i am not here to win the colonial i am not i don't care about you know um going to hartford or you know any of these Mm -hmm. other events that people say hey it's the best hospitality in the game uh he was just never going to do that like you know the the quad cities was never going to see tiger ever again um and so some of these other guys that have reached that level they're like wait a minute like i can go just get the bag yeah i have to play eight events and eventually i guess like live wants to get to 12 or 14 events i have to do yeah 14 events well yeah okay i mean i'm not saying the golfers are the smartest guys in the world but they're smart enough to realize like okay that leaves me 38 weeks a year to do whatever i want there's four majors so call it 34 weeks a year now to do whatever i want to do and like I'm going to make the same, if not more, than I was making mm-hmm. on tour. Um, how how does this not compute? Like, yeah, of course. And I'm going to be fresh for majors. Guys who are on tour who have to, like, front load their appearances so that when the major season does come, they can kind of start to pull back and taper and get ready for events. Plus, meanwhile, keeping, like, well, I have to do enough to make sure I've got a cushion on my FedEx points to at least get through the first event. Yeah. And then they got to worry about getting to the second event. So it's a, uh, I don't, the way I read it, and I guess when I saw it clarified, he was really adding money to the existing things. So I was like, all he's done is basically add events, which is not what the live people were gunning for. Like, no, no, we don't want to play more. We want to, we, the superstars want to play less. So we can, um, yeah, I think we can dig in. Let's dig into what's known. I, like I said, I still think it's a little hazy out there from what I saw is 23 was essentially locked and they were announcing a bunch of like funds, like increased funds to make 23 even bigger. And they were saying coming in 24, we're going to a calendar year and there's going to be this new fall series and it's going to be the top 50 guys and it's limited fields and a lot of money and everybody else outside the top 50, you guys are playing for ranking and like whether you even keep your card. And there's something to be said for that, but there's also, and here's where I'll maybe tie off on this, George, like this live slash PGL slash Saudi, like this was a slow moving train wreck for the PJ tour for the last two years. Like people have been talking about this for years. Like why today are we announcing these things when, when that should have been announced seven, well, eight months ago. Not only that. So two, two things that I'm going to put out were Jay, again, like to your point, this, this Saudi thing, it reminds me of that scene in uh, Austin Powers where the things like the bulldozer, the steamrollers coming in like <laughs> one mile an hour. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, how, Jay, how did you, how did you not see this happening? And, you know, all right. Jay obviously sees himself in this like savior protector role of the integrity of golf writ large and i I don't know that people have actually put that mantle on him but he has done it yeah um the golf media has sort of played along 
And I mean, I know when you read about certain other golf outlets um, where the PGA tour can be either very gracious with its access or very limiting. Um, I think that some people are realizing that they need to be cautious with how they phrase and categorize what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, and so like, was Jay stubborn? I mean, look, we, we know Norman has had a giant boner to build this thing going Figure back through, until Figuratively the and literally, as we've seen. Yeah. Uh, and so, well, maybe he's a shower, not a grower. We just don't, you know, it's hard. Who could say? Um, but the, the, the situation there is like, Greg was probably fairly difficult to deal with if he would be dealt with at all. Um, and it doesn't sound like Jay took him serious, was kind of dismissive. And then basically was like, well, we're just going to run a smear campaign. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to shut this off by running a smear campaign. Yeah. And well, as we saw in London, the smear campaign failed. Um, and for like political reasons and everything else that we've agreed to, we're not going to really get into, it's probably going to continue to peter out and fail. Um, yeah. So now that that's gone, now Jay's like, well, I'll just do the same thing. Except here's where I think Jay and where Jay's plan falls on massive problems. All right. So this is going to be in 24. There's going to be these eight great events in the fall. The problem is in the fall, on Sunday, yeah. football. No, no one gives a fuck about golf. No one's yeah. watching it. I don't care who you roll out. No one's watching. So where are you going to find the sponsors to pick up the tab for this? What te- what broadcast partners? I guess yeah. NBC because CBS has golf. Fox has kind of bowed out of golf. Yeah, that leaves ABC and NBC. Um, and like I think ABC because the ESPN property basically gets basketball starting. Well, the NBA starts like November one, so I guess it would get basketball, and that basically leaves NBC who, you know, okay, great. They're going to run it. Their broadcast is horrible. <laughs> so who's going to tune in to watch, you know, Jim, Rob- uh, Jim uh, Roberts. Essentially more WGCs. Right. Like in, in fall, right? Like, I mean, you look at like all these new football league startups that always fail. And it's like they want to do football in spring. And even though like we're a football crazy country, we're football crazy from when it's cold, when it's cold outside. From Labor Day, yeah, Labor Day through the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I think the XFL could totally work if they were like, "We're going to be the Wednesday night game." Yeah, we're going to be the Wednesday night game, September through December, and then NFL teams looking to shore up their playoff rosters can pick up our dudes. I think yeah, that and, league has a hundred percent chance of success. And, and here's and here's where I'll maybe I'll maybe tie us off for now and, and point some hypotheticals or some 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 thought provokers, some, some starters for, for our next discussion. I'd leave you with this. All of what we're discussing begs the question of like, who's going to innovate. And the, and, the, and the question you'd say is like, who's going to innovate faster this upstart league with like no real rules right now, but a boatload of money or the PJ tour, which seems hamstrung by its nonprofit status. And the fact that it's got all this baggage from, you know, sanctioned independently run events and this, this massive pension scheme, like, 
there's a lot of baggage that comes with all the the bloat that they built around the PGA Tour, and that may that may end up being their downfall. And so I'll, I'll leave that as a hypothetical. Like, what could the PGA Tour structurally do that might be you know crazy? Like, hey, we're going to dissolve the tour. We're going to re redo it. We're going to do this. We're going to align with this league. Like, there's a lot of hypotheticals there about what they could really do. But anything I saw announced the last few days just looks like the same sort of bloated place thinking from their same sort of bloated playbook. So, I mean, at least for what I see now is there's going to come a point where, and I I don't know what that tipping point is. I don't know, like, what is the, we're going to look back on and be like, well, that was it. But there's going to be a moment where something and it's it's not a something, it's a someone. Someone significant is gonna jump. Yeah. And and I think most likely it will be something that happens after this live season going into next season that will coincide with with live figuring it out a little bit, right? Like we yeah, we we still have to figure out okay, this 54 hole thing, this shotgun start thing the team thing, like, 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 let's, let's start at the basics, the, the team names and all this other stuff. Like I have to believe, and I don't know how many teams, I guess there's 48 players. There's teams of four or so. Yeah. Those have 12 teams. Those got to be picked up by sponsors. I was going to say, you're going to have to have sponsored teams, right? Like, and and it's been curious because like, I don't think I've heard that TaylorMade has dropped anybody that has Mm. gone. Um, which is curious because TaylorMade's owned by has Tom any Beckham has group. any equipment guy guys yet dropped anyone? Uh, I think. Well, That's I guess a good question. Call, later. Callaway's a, Phil, and that was a different situation. Yeah, that was um, more a PR disaster. So than it was I don't just know. Did did P, did did P Reed lose his hat deal with uh, PXG? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. That he ever had like deals? I don't he know. Just wore uh, let's let's get Bob Parsons on the line and see if we can get an answer <laughs> yeah. there. Um, he, the, he, we'll mute we'll like we'll make his mic at half power so like so what he yells at us yeah um but like him. i i know i mean it doesn't sound like the tailor-made guys have had any issues and it and it's interesting that uh it's not like you know more than just a couple tailor-made guys have yeah. gone um and, yeah, so, Cobb, and so it's a team morikawa jumps if these other tailor-made guys jump I, with the backing yeah. of tailor-made behind them that could be super interesting and i mean let's be honest like and and i saw his his social media, I don't know that it had been scrubbed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's just sort of a mod- modest ho-hum guy. I don't know how much he really mm-hmm. cares about his social. I probably assume it's probably his fiance that runs it or whatever. Like, so I, I think we all got a little excited about that, but mm-hmm. um, he doesn't strike me as the pioneer here. Um, yeah. and, and that's not a knock on him. I just think he's like, he's 26 and like, he's made it to the super duper echelon of the PGA tour. So like he's, he's in the set brigade. I think that it's going to be like the Abe answers. Those, those rising mid tier players. Yeah. The Hovlands of the world. A Hovland would be, I think a big blow. I think it's like I said, those, those rising mid tiers. I think if, if it starts to become some of the, the young, yeah. The young college goes, guys, Max, the guys Max, come Max out. Homa joins, you know, yeah, I think, well, I, I that would be 
that would be wild. Uh, that would be something very interesting. Um, well, hey, I, uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's come back and talk some hypotheticals because I I have a, a like sort of a, a theory that it's like right now you can laugh, not laugh, but you can. If you're the PG tour, you can squint at all the OWGR rankings. A lot of people saw this on Twitter, Facebook, whatever today, and they said, "Oh gosh, they, when are, the OWGRs are so low for most of the field here." But like, pretty soon it might not. You know the next event, the next event. And like, to your point, like it might be next year, but like these guys apparently have deep pockets and are willing to go at this a couple years before they would say it's going to be a failure. And I tend to think with the momentum we're seeing, it's not going to be a failure. Well, the other thing is, is the, as far as I know, the DP tour has not said yeah, yeah. players can't that's, play. Right? That's, so, and, and let's talk about that one on the next episode. I think the DP tour is in a huge spot and and we've talked about this before the the four majors like we should treat a whole segment on what the four majors and the four horsemen that that run those majors like their leverage in this situation because it's massive oh it's super big and and i think we can when we get to that it's it's three porn three ponies and one horseman like i let's (laughs) not like mince words there is there is one swing and a little bit bigger of a hammer than everybody else in that room. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And so it's it's very clear, I think, who is going to be the thing. And 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 one of the things I think that's also something to kick around. And you know, your background, you've seen it, I've seen it in in clients I've worked with. You know, the the founder and the CEO that launches something is not really always and usually isn't the CEO to fly and grow it. Mm -hmm. So one of the interesting things is going to be, okay, we get through season one with all the tumultuous stuff and everything else and the saber rattling, you know, if they're looking at this thing as a real business, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's when you bring in your, your Eric Schmidt to babysit and make it. Yeah. I mean, I got to think they're going to take a look and be like, all right, hey, hey, Greg, you did needed, but mm-hmm. what comes next is someone more like Pelly at the DP tour. We need yeah, we need you. someone with you who who can shake the hands, who can sit at the table, you know, who's not going to let their pride get in the way of the bigger picture here. And I I think that. That that shoe drops be, that could be monumental, and that's that's where I think we're, we're looking at. So, you know, to your to your thing of some hypotheticals, I look at it and I say, my my biggest hypothetical is by the end of season one of Live, we're probably going to see. Like if we see 15 of the top 50 over to live, mm-hmm. that's a monumental first season. Um, I, I think, you know, you get, I think they'll get to 15 of the top 50. Now, obviously they're definitely gunning for something closer to, you know, 10 of the top 30, um, which I don't know if that's really going to work, but it'll, it'll be very curious to see, particularly if, you know, guys get through, yeah. um, let's say you get through the British 
And as the FedEx season starts to wind up and guys are looking and like, shit, I'm not going to make it to BMW. I'm not going to make it like all the money I could get this season is out. And there's still four, there'll still be four live events to go play. Yep. Um, I, I think that is where the hypothetical I see is we, we get through the summer, you know, they'll do pumpkin Ridge. I don't know what comes next. You know, they, they wrap up at Doral um, and, and you know, the door is going to be open. So mm-hmm. um, I guess thoughts and prayers to Andy Ogletree. Um, I got to <laughs> imagine, you know, it's every new guy in is one guy out. So um, yeah, thoughts, there's still three, three that are coming soon, apparently to this uh, Portland field. So who knows if Andy Ogletree gets the, uh, the tap on the shoulder again or, or not, no. but, but to go back to your point, it's, it's right now eight of the top 50 you've got, 20 of the top 100 so you're already getting what i would say is like critical mass critical momentum swinging in that direction yeah and i mean well one of the interesting things and we, we can talk about it at the next in the next one but you know harold barner came out because he was he was speculated definitely be going and yeah. and he came out and was basically like you know he sat down with with mj and was like basically mj kind of was like don't do it yeah and which is curious to me in a lot of ways. Um, and I, again, like I'm, it's curious to me just because when you hear Charles Barkley be like, bring it, like go chase the bag, bring the chaos. And then you hear Michael being like, mm, you gotta, you gotta look at the whole thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where we got to get one of these uh, one of these guys on the pod. Maybe we'll we'll anonymize their voice, club pro guy style, so uh, no one will know who they I, you are. Know what? And like, I really do. Like, I I do because, and I want to talk to them about like the guts, right? Like, I don't talk about the structure. I I don't want to talk yeah. about any of the bullshit or anything else about like, dude, like we're we're all just seeing like you know, commas and zeros flying around. Yeah. Like, what does it really look like? Like, I'd I'd actually love to get in and talk to like one of the agents. You know, to be like, that's right, a good one. What, what what do these deals actually look like? Like, what are these guys like we're all saying and everyone's like hand wringing like, oh, dude, the Saudis, like maybe they never pay you. Then what do you do? And it's like, what what does the upfront look like on these deals? How How is this structured? Yeah. So that, you know, these guys who are making what we at the moment say are like, God, this is career defining. Like you could be bolting the door behind you kind of things like mm-hmm. What what are they seeing that's like, it's not that risky, I'm doing it. Because to, to me, like, that's the real key, right? If it turns out that, who knows, maybe these numbers, are, like some of these big numbers are the upfronts, um, then it's like, well, shit, of course I'm doing that. Or, or that in there is like an out that like, hey, if the masters comes back and says no, then like they can, they can, bail on the deal and like they can come back or or do whatever they have to do to try to get back but they're released from their live obligations like i would well, now love I know, to hear that i'm with you man so now i know uh, that's going to be my mission let's find let's find a way to get a player on the record off the record anonymized voice or an agent that can get into the guts because i think that's what people want to hear um man this has been a fun uh fun first episode first conversation episode two episode one we're not sure uh but hey uh, I enjoyed it, George. Let's uh, let's come back and talk about some of these hypotheticals because the people need to know. So you can follow us on Living It Up Pod on the Twitterverse. 
check us out on all your podcast apps, wherever you get your podcasts. George, signing off for now. Have a good one, buddy. You too. All right, brother. See ya. Take it easy.